Welcome to another episode of Insights with Latrice. I'm your host, Latrice Kabuya. I have another good one for you. My guest today, Melanie Wilson, is a transformation coach. You know, what I really admired about Melanie is that she uses her story to reach and connect with other women. Her life is a true example that it is possible to overcome a painful past for a brighter future. Let me just tell you this. Buckle up, lean in, and enjoy this interview. And I'll be back with my insight. I am so excited and elated to talk to uh, my next guest, uh, Melanie Wilson. Wow, she is absolutely amazing. I haven't known her long, but she's that person that you feel like she's been your friend forever, right? And um, we're going to talk about some really, really deep things. So get ready, um, get in position, but I think it's necessary because in life, you may make some choices and things may happen to you and you feel like, okay, my life has ended, but that's not the case. You know, um, you can change your story. You can change the narrative. And Melanie has done that. Not only has she overcame a lot of things um, and she'll share that, but she also now helps others, right? To overcome and, and to help them know that there's purpose, there's life, after your your trauma, your tragedy, and and be all that God has called you to be. And so, Melanie, I welcome you to Insights with Latrice. Thank you. What an honor to be here. I'll tell you, when when God says now is the time, he moves and positions each of us in a very specific strategic way to collide. And those collisions are so powerful that you can't not take notice. And I love that he did that um, for us. And as a result, we are here having this conversation. I'm goosebumps. I haven't even talked about anything yet. (laughs) Well, you know what's so interesting? And you're absolutely right. Um, Because, um, you know, I pre-record everything. And so we were done, right? I had my guests all of them. It was a wrap. And now we were working on just the editing, the intro, the outro. And I found you, or not I found you, God put us in a clubhouse room together. And, and I was just like, this one right here, this I I, got to do one more. And so my team was looking at me like, no, we we got (laughs) enough work. Nope. No, we're done. We're done. It's complete. And no, it wasn't. It's it wasn't. So I'm really excited. And I think even the challenges of getting you on <laughs> has been an indication of a powerful segment that we're about to have and and a life changing, right? We're not just here just to hear each other talk, but to really share um, how good God is and how powerful God has created us to be despite what we face, right? We win against all odds. And, and I know that's your story. So why don't you give us some information, some background on you, Melanie? Okay. Well, my name is Melanie Wilson and I'm the founder of She'll Rise. And we're going to actually get into the reason why She'll Rise exists. But 
She'll Rise is a community of authentic, trustworthy, and honest women. We are choosing to show up, dig in, and do the hard work to rise up strong. And the beautiful thing about this community is that as we are choosing to rise up ourselves, we are then turning around and bringing other women, other women with us. And you know, I have a lot of education. So I have a degree in counseling psychology. I am a certified mindset coach. I am certified in trauma-informed approaches, and I'm also a certified cognitive behavior therapy practitioner. And yeah, that's all kinds of fancy stuff, and it's extremely beneficial to what I do, but it's my actual own story of transformation that the real value comes from, because it's there that women and men too, because, you know, mental health, mental illness Mm -hmm. does not discriminate. It doesn't care about color of skin, sex, how much money you make, where you live. It doesn't care. So, you know, being able to share my true unfiltered raw story is what allows other people to to see that there is hope. God does exist. He is a keeper of promises. He never says you won't struggle. Yeah. But as Micah seven says, though I fall, I will rise again. Yes. You're going to fall. You don't become immune to pain and struggle and death and loss. And, you know, all of these monumental things that happen in our lives. No, but God says, I'm going to meet you there. Mm. You, you stay postured for obedience. You show me your faith. You keep walking in your purpose and I'll meet you there. And that's what he did in my story. And unfortunately, it took me a really long time to recognize that he had been banging on the dang on door, like, <laughs> girl, just open it up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But that's that's what my story reveals. That that's what my story showcases and highlights. That the pain is real, the struggles are real, they mm-hmm. will still come. However, when you open up your heart and you invite God into all the spaces, and here's the thing, he's a powerful God, right? Yeah. Like almighty, he can do whatever he wants, yeah. but he also gave us the gift of free will. Yeah. So he, he's not there to be invasive right. and, you know, aggressive and overpowering. He's waiting for you to say, God, come in, come into all the parts. He already sees it and knows that we're not revealing anything. He's going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't do nothing with this girl. She's done broke beyond broke. I can't, she is broke, broke. Like I can't, (laughs) he already knows, but it's our own flesh that gets in the way and prevents us from feeling settled enough, okay enough, forgiven enough, loved enough to say, God, I need you. Mm. Come on in. And I drug my feet, kicking and screaming for a lot of long years, not wanting him to see those parts. And it wasn't until I hit my very own rock bottom that it was like, you know, Bible verses started to come to life. Like they were real in my life that I could say, okay, you've been here. You are here. Now I'm inviting you in and let's do this. Mm. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So tell me, what was your life like? On the outside, I had a very beautiful life. I was happy and vibrant and I could walk into a room and command a space and 
people would gravitate towards me because I was happy and energetic and accepting and loving and everyone felt included if I was in the room. And that was from kindergarten all on up. And I think that a lot of times what happens to us is we start to define ourselves by what we can do for other people, what other people need from us and of us, that we lose ourselves. And, you know, that in alone is enormous to carry and to show up as that version every single day. But then when you add anxiety and depression and then later trauma to that, girl, it is exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up a dancer, you know, I asked my mom at, I think I was three at a parade and I said, me, me do. And from that point on, I was a dancer. I was conditioned to be a certain size. I was conditioned to always be on because I was performing and I was actually being judged by my performance. And I wouldn't change any of that because I love all the sacrifices that my mom made and my grandmother made to make that possible. Getting emotional already. And it shaped a lot of who I am, both good and bad. And I wouldn't change any of it because the time I had with my mom and my grandmom Mm. and being that pride and joy for so long for my family to say, look, she's leading this parade. Look at her up on that stage. Look at all the things that she's doing. She's so beautiful. She's so perfect. That's my granddaughter. That's my great granddaughter. That's my niece. That's my daughter. And again, I wouldn't change any of it because I loved every ounce of it. Yeah. But as I grew older, what I learned, these perceived messages, which then translated into doubt labels were, you need to be skinny all Mm. the time. You need to be smiling all the time. And I'm only five, five. So being a full-time dancer and I played volleyball and softball. So I was very athletic. And with that amount of dancing, with that amount of sports, you're going to be muscular. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I could fit into that image that was required of me in that role and responsibility was to starve myself. Mm. I couldn't eat any less and still be what they wanted to be doing it the way that I was. So I went to eating nothing. And it's funny, just recently, um, I went to lunch with a beautiful new friend that I have here in Florida, because we recently moved to Florida and my mom was in town and my sister was in town or my sister, my um, daughter was in town. And they were like, gosh, you, you eat a lot. And my mom's like, there were times where I was just overcome with fear and worry because I never saw her put an ounce of anything in her mouth. So, you know, that was a trauma. That was something that changed me. And I started abusing my body in that way. Um, But then in addition to that, I had back problems since kindergarten. And, you know, this is stuff that God's put on my heart to put in my book. And I don't, I don't know. I just feel led to, to start revealing this here. Yeah. I was in second or third grade. And this is, this is another thing that, that people need to understand. When you're in a position of authority with a child, 
you have tremendous responsibility and you need to use it wisely. It is a gift and you have to use it wisely. We were in line, I think it was art class to leave the classroom. And of course, you know, back in our day when you were in line, like hands by your side, you face forward, you didn't touch, you didn't talk, you didn't move. Like you waited for the next instruction. And the boy behind me started touching me inappropriately. And I screamed, I screamed, stop touching me. And the teacher said to me, we are not gonna act like that. You are gonna turn around, you're gonna put your hands beside your hips, you're gonna look forward and you are gonna be quiet. And I stood there like, and you know, I told my mom about it later and that's when she instilled in me, you keep speaking up until someone listens. Hmm. So I learned in that moment that when something's done to me that's not right, I just need to let it go. I'm not allowed to, I don't have permission to speak up and say this is not okay. So that was something that developed in me very early. And then in addition to this, first grade, and my mom is blown away when she hears these things now. She's like, why didn't you tell me? In first grade, in gym class, we used to have to climb the rope to the ceiling. Me being a dancer, me being athletic. Okay, I'm going to climb it all the way up. I'm going. Well, for some reason, there were no mats. And I lost my grip. And I fell on my tailbone. And it hurt. I remember the pain. And I went to the nurse's office. And the nurse said to me, you're okay. We're not going to share this with your mom or your dad. You're okay. So here is two very impressionable moments in my childhood that I was told when there is pain, you be quiet. And just think how that shaped my very vulnerable and impressionable thought life. Right? I mean, come on. So here I am making my way through life, performing and showing up and doing all these things. And, you know, I'm not skinny enough. So let me starve myself. You know, I know this is uncomfortable and it's hurting, but wait, that means I need to be quiet, let it go and keep going. You know, so all these contradictions were taking place. And my mom was just, gosh, she was amazing. She worked three jobs to make all this stuff possible. And never did I want to say, mom, like this is going on. You know, I didn't want her to question herself. So here I am, my little mind wanting to protect my mom and, and protect these teachers. And you know what? That was not okay. It was. And now here I am 46 yeah. Yeah. and still undoing, unlearning yeah. because I was conditioned in that way. That's wow. <laughs> wow. So, okay, um, don't know where to go from there because that was so loaded, right? Yeah. And if we all are honest, it's memories like that. It's, it's those de- defining moments mm-hmm. that shaped us, that um, developed our mindset, mm-hmm. how we thought of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and how we allowed people to treat us. Mm -hmm. I think you made a great point as an adult in whatever capacity, whether it's parenting, teacher, counselor, when you're dealing with youth, you have such a responsibility. 
to treat them with love and respect, to hear them and see them, yes. not to dismiss them. And I'm 48. So I understand when the adults would just dismiss us, dismiss oh, yeah. our feelings and emotions, right? That planted seed in us that our voice wasn't strong or important yes. or necessary. So we spend all of our adult time undoing and unwiring our brain because of that one time. Because all it takes is one time. Yeah. Yeah. To change the trajectory, whether good or bad. Correct. Correct. Right. And so as you progressed in life, what are some other things that were a challenge that you face that you're now still working to overcome? Well, you had mentioned, um, you know, how, how we're shaped and knowing that our voices matter and some of the things that I'm actually running a mastermind right now about boundaries because of those experiences, I didn't know one that I had the right to put boundaries in place Two, I didn't think I deserved to put boundaries in place. So those moments shaped my thought life and with the, the cognitive distortions that I had to to work through, to get to this healthy cognitive way of thinking, you know, those thoughts generate emotions, those emotions generate behaviors. And because I didn't know that my voice mattered, I didn't know that if something wasn't right, I could speak up. I later was assaulted by a physician numerous occasions. You know, I had back problems all my life, most likely stemming from that incident in school and, you know, this physician, every time I went for a checkup, an injection, whatever it was, would send the nurse out of the room. You are not allowed to do that now. No. You are absolutely not allowed to be in a room without someone else there supervising. I didn't say anything. I didn't know I could. Right. I was taught, even right. though this is not okay, you are uncomfortable, this is painful, right. you let it go and you keep your mouth shut. So when I think about working through these things, you know, I am now very, very confident and bold in my stance of these are my boundaries. Yes. You can respect them yes. or there's the door because yes. I'm not allowing that anymore. I know what it looks like to not have these boundaries in place. I know what God says about me and I know that you doing these things does not align and it diminishes within me who he says I am. Here's my boundary, yeah. respect it, or here's the door. And now I'm teaching other women that same thing. And no, is that's it. I don't have to explain it. When I say no, you stop, you stop, regardless of what it is, right? Regardless no. of what it is. You know, I share... Melanie, that no is a full, complete sentence, full, complete. Right. I do not have to debate, give you my argument on my no. And that's part of boundaries. But for so many people, me included, mm -hmm. I always wanted to explain because I didn't want you mad at me. And, yes. and I didn't feel completely comfortable advocating for myself because I didn't feel worthy of uh, worthy enough. 
And if I'm wrong, I'm going to feel bad and I don't want your feelings hurt and all that comes into play, right? When your voice is stifled, when your voice is muffled. And so that's why it's so important that we're careful with our youth, right? And and that we make sure they understand that they do have a voice. I'm speaking to women, grown women, my age, who don't understand they have a voice, a choice, or an option. Yeah. Can you imagine at my age, 48, I know we're only a couple years apart, but being in this season of our life and not understanding that your voice matters, even if it doesn't agree with the masses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the majority, so what? So what? What is good for you? And that kind of leads into, um, as you're you're a mother of a beautiful daughter, right? And two. two. Oh, okay. See, I only know the one. I'm sorry, the other one. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying. I you know, God's done punishing my husband. Like, look, you got two girls now. You got to worry about you showing up on the other side of that door. <laughs> I love it. You know, two, I have five girls. And so I'm like, Whoo, okay. This is how it was. Okay. 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 Jesus, you do have a sense of humor. Yeah. But, but in that, um, with, with my girls, I know that I work overtime to make sure they have a voice that when they're in a situation where there's authority and they don't feel comfortable how to deal with that, how I will support and advocate for them. And so what advice would you give to women who are listening and even men, how to navigate through that life to give themselves a voice and also their offspring, the people that they're teaching, training, raising? Absolutely, absolutely. One of the first things that comes to mind when I was listening to you um, kind of talk there, Latrice, is, you know, like saying we're not worthy, we're not capable, you know, all these doubt labels and so forth. My first question is, who told you that? Because we need to identify, did it come from a childhood experience, life experience? Like, is it rooted in truth? Is there evidence to support that? And if you can't substantiate it, Okay, well, let's go to work on that limiting belief. Let's shut that down. So understanding that, yes, you have a voice. Yes, you have a choice. There are options and you have to be willing to speak up. So when you find yourself hesitating and those lies start to circulate, stop right there. Who told you that? Because we need to get to the root cause. And when I think about adults, when they are moving through their life, I want them to understand that it is never too late to ignite sustainable change. Will it be easy? Absolutely not. Will you be kicking and screaming and crying and throwing stuff? Most likely, but you are worth the work. It is worth the work to get to the other side of it because we were created with intention and purpose to walk in purpose. And when we allow society, people to take away from our gifts, our talents, the the glory of God that can be shared through our own personal stories, the testimonies, 
we have got to be willing to challenge that. And it's never too late to do that. I don't care if you're 46, 48, 96, you can unlearn what you have learned and have been doing all these years because if it ain't right, it ain't right. Let's unlearn it. And let's start to build from a foundation of truth rooted in whose you are. We don't have to pull from all these different places. There's one relationship that you can depend on that is going to provide you the truth to create a foundation to begin building upon to walk in your purpose. And when it comes to parenting, you know, I think we need to be cautious in both regards. You know, back in our day, teachers, coaches, parenting, it was always no because I said so, stop your crying and so forth. Now it's like, oh, I'm not going to say no because I might make them cry. Oh, they're crying. Let's coddle them. Like there needs to be a balance. Okay, you're crying. Crying is good. Let's talk about it. Why are you crying? Let's work this through and help them see that there are tools, there are systems, there are practices Mm -hmm. to work through it. Because the kids that are being raised now they are lacking integrity. They are lacking discipline. They're lacking obedience. They are lacking all of those prime life skills to function well as a human in society, but then also to walk in their purpose and have an impact on God's kingdom. They're lazy. They're emotional. And I don't want to say that and, and down our youth. I'm saying that to say this, we can do better with them and for them. No, we don't want to go back to shutting them down, dismissing them. Your voice doesn't matter. How you feel is invalid. We don't want to go there, but we don't want to coddle and baby to the extreme that they're not understanding how to process. Right. They don't know how to spend time with what they're feeling and identifying that they have a choice. Okay, this is bothering me. I've identified that. Now, how am I going to do something about that instead of isolating or losing themselves in video games and vaping and medical marijuana and all of these things? I just, there's a place for everything. And I think when we look at where we are today and where we came from, and we look at the kids today and where they're headed, we can do better. We can absolutely do better. And it's our responsibility to do better for them and with them, because that's what God's needing us to do. That is absolutely what God is needing us to do. Because you just, all you have is two different dysfunctions. That's all. Correct. That's all that is, (laughs) you know, so we have to bring that balance. We first have to raise our children. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing um, is, is getting back to the family. Right. Getting back to the source of, of family and what that looks like and how um, how to create it um, the way that God intended it to be. And so yeah. that's vitally important. So you mentioned um, that you're in the middle of a mastermind. What are some of the work that you're doing currently that we can be a part of or get a part of um, and how can people who are listening, um, how can they follow you, Melanie? Well, I'm on um, Instagram at Melanie underscore D like dog underscore Wilson. Wilson, crazy active there. 
um, stories, uh, reels, posts. And you, if you actually scroll back through my Instagram, you can see where the, the real transition finally took root. You know, the colors in my pictures, you know, kind of all over the place with posting, no consistency. And it was because I was still struggling to find my actual voice, my place, and giving God the space to use me and my story as he saw fit. So Instagram, Melanie underscore D underscore Wilson. And you can always DM me. We can connect. Um, there's a link in that bio for how to work with me. And of course, Facebook, I have the, the show rise community on Facebook. I also have a private Facebook group for women who have either been through my program or they're currently in my program. Um, and that, wow. I mean, God has just blown my mind with what he has done as far as that community is concerned. Uh, really, really powerful. And then of course, clubhouse clubhouse is our new best friend, right? Like yeah. I had to actually step back and okay, this is a little addicting here. I, you know, I've got to pay attention to this. I've got to put some boundaries in place. I got to structure, I got to be respectful here because I'm going to lose myself in this, but on um, Clubhouse, I am coach underscore Melanie. So as a result of my story, my transformation, I have developed an exclusive rise up 12 week one-to-one intensive program where we go to work every week. We have a one-to-one Zoom call. You're doing work in between those calls and the transformation and growth that I am seeing in this women, in these women is just so impressive. And, you know, when I had first stepped in front of a community of women scared to death, I mean, like trembling, palms, sweating, armpits, itching, like goosebumps, you know, dry mouth and shared my unfiltered raw, true story. What I expected to see because of what society taught me, my childhood experiences, that dysfunctional thinking, taught me that when I look up, I'm going to see women who are judging, criticizing. My guilt and shame is just going to skyrocket. But God said, no, 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 look up. And what I saw was women saying, thank you. I needed someone who could show me that there was hope, that where I am right now is temporary. So not only does my story showcase that, but now with my education And my program, I can actually step into battle, link arms with these women and help them work through the anxiety, the depression, the trauma, so that they can rise up strong, they can break those chains and they can flourish. I am a walking testimony that is possible and all the women in the program are as well. So that's one of the main things um, that I would suggest. And I do a free call. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're thinking about it, if, if that nudge is there, respond with obedience and let's jump on a call and have a conversation because I guarantee results. I don't take every applicant on as a client. Mm-hmm. I want you to be the right fit because I want to see this happen for you, but it doesn't matter how much I want it. doesn't matter how confident I am that it will work. If you don't want it, it's not going to happen. So getting women to really embrace opportunity, embrace believing in themselves to take that first step 
And then all of a sudden it's like they exhale, like no longer are they carrying these years of baggage alone. And then little by little, we drop that stuff off. We take that head trash to the curb. The the truck comes and picks it up and it is gone. It is gone. We are breaking free from that. So it's it's a beautiful thing to see God coming through, using my pain for purpose. And my purpose has always been to teach and impact lives. I never, ever for once doubted that. And there were moments of confirmation where I wasn't actively doing that, that I felt the void and I knew something was missing and God confirmed like, this is your purpose. But I had no idea why I was masking and hiding and doing all these things I thought was carrying it out. I had no idea that what was going to happen in my life was actually going to propel me forward into what he actually called me to do and sharing my story using my knowledge, my wisdom is now just highlighting all the beautiful things that you can gain as a result of being obedient to God and and walking in your purpose and embracing whose you are and just all the other stuff starts to drop away. Yeah. It starts to drop away. And operate, operating in healing. You know, we don't talk a lot about the healing aspect and how much we want it, but it's not always easy to get to that space. And that healing process is, is a wowsy, but it's necessary. And when you do get to the other side, um, it's glorious. It's amazing. And you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't realize I was this strong. You know, I look back, um, often just to, um, just, to see how good God is to me. And I take an inventory of my life and what I've been through and what I've gone through. And I should have lost my mind from what I dealt with. I, you know, I shouldn't be functioning. You know, I should be ashamed. I should be all these things, right? Um, But there's one (laughs) that says, no, Mm-mm. I knew what was going to happen before I even created you. <laughs> That's and I, I love your flawed and, and I am perfectly flawed and I love it because I can still operate in power That's right. with it. That's right. And so the thing is, you know, God didn't create us to be perfect. We no. were created in his perfect image. So these flaws, this goofy mole I have between my eyes, you know what I mean? That's all the imperfections that make us uniquely his. Yes. Yes. And you were talking there. And before you said there's one, that's where I would insert the question. Who told you that? Yeah. Yeah. But you're in a position where you can say, "Uh uh-uh, God's telling me something different. And I know that's where I need to be invested. Absolutely. I, I think a lot of my trauma and challenges, yes, things were done to me, but I think it was the verbal, right? The, yeah. the, or the lack of support that caused the most trauma and made me have these limited ideas and thoughts that I thought were correct and were wrong. And so once you get on that process of healing and understanding and dealing with trauma and, and dealing with all those things that try and take you away from your purpose, your calling and who you are and your power, you know, um, then you can say, wow, yeah, 
Wow. Like I love myself and I won't get into it because it's not about me, but the way I love myself, listen, you can't talk about Latrice. Right. I mean, you can, <laughs> and you, and you can say, well, I know this about Latrice and I'm going to agree. Yes, you are correct. But let me help you with right. that. Let me tell you who I am. That was just something that happened. Right. Yes. It doesn't define who I am. Let me tell you who I am and whose I am. And so let me stop preaching. Melanie, (laughs) I need one last insight um, so we can close this out. I like for my guests to give one last insight on Insights with Latrice. But talk to that person who's listening, right? Um, Who, whatever's on your heart. What's that, what's that last insight? You know, I always go to women because that's, that's where my passion sure. is. But I feel like saying like, sweet child, straighten your crown. Mm-hmm. You are the daughter or a son of a king. You are royalty. And it doesn't matter what has happened to you. That does not define you. It does not diminish whose you are. Be willing to take a risk, to step out, speak up and invite help in so that God can begin that healing process in you. And the first person, the first existence spirit being that we need to invite in is Christ into all the parts because you can't hide it. You can't hide it. He loves you, period. You are worthy, period. There are no conditions of worth when it comes to our relationship with with God. So straighten that crown, stand up, put your shoulders back, hold that chin up and say, today I am choosing me. Today, God, I am inviting you in. Lead me to the people that I need to invite in to help me heal, to overcome and to rise up strong. And let me draw my strength from you Mm -hmm. and from them when I feel I just can't go on any longer Mm. and all I'll say Melanie to that is period (laughs) like the youth say with a t not with period listen (laughs) drop the mic completely uh you know king queen listen it's up to you to make that choice to um not to be held hostage anymore from your past and, um, and to receive all that God has for you. And so Melanie, I thank you for reminding our Kings and Queens who they are and whose they are, that they're more than their situation, that they are overcomers Mm -hmm. and you're a great example of that. And you are, um, working in the earth to help those. Right. And so we appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, because it's impacting not only lives, but generations. Yes. And that's what's important, right? Those generations. And so you're bringing about, you're bringing about generational blessings and destroying generational curses. And that's a beautiful thing. And so it's been an honor to have you on Insights with Latrice, uh, where we talk about real things, right? right? Real people, real good. And so until next time, 
listeners, thank you so much for coming on again. Just, just loving me enough to listen. And I just pray that I know that you got something out of this um, that's life changing. So go do what you're supposed to do and um, do it in excellence and know that you are an overcomer. So fix your crown, king, queen, fix it until next time. All right. How do you feel? I'm sure empowered. I'm sure Melanie made you feel inspired. She helped you probably find your voice if you never thought you had one. Here's my insight, and I'm just going to pull from Melanie's conversation. Who told you that? That was like so powerful. Who told you you wouldn't amount to anything? Who told you you weren't worthy? Who told you you had no value? Who told you that you didn't have a voice? Well, guess what? Whoever told you that, don't listen to them. That stops today. Those voices stop today. Those people cut off today. Because like she said, fix your crown king. Fix your crown queen. And operate in strength and purpose. Because you do have a voice. You do have a call on your life. You are an overcomer. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've gone through, what people have said about you, how people have tried to silence you. It won't work. It can't work. You have too much to give to the world. Your gifts, your calling is important. And so, again, I thank you for listening to another episode of Insights with Latrice, where we talk about real life, we talk about the real you, and we talk real good. Don't forget to fix that crown. Until next time.